Gold is back over 1800. Was that the last great crypto buying opportunity? We'll get Mr. Hodge's thoughts on that. The Fed and rents and homelessness, and it all ties in together. We'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk Fed policy again. We're going to talk crabs, crabs, Maryland crabs. We're going to talk the Olympics. Nassar and the FBI, he got away last week. They got away last week. We'll get into that. Space, not space, the race for space, star gas, a lot to get into. We now have a monkey virus. We have Burger King people walking out and putting signs up about it. It is a bizarro world out there, everybody. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the world-famous Nick Hodge. This is episode 127 of Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how goes you? Uh, I go pretty well, Gerardo. Uh, thank you for asking. How, how are you doing? I am well also. Thank you for asking, Nick. Let's get right into it. Um, last week, the moon was wobbling, and this week, we got monkey virus uh, breakouts starting to, to kick up, along with uh, resurging cases of the Delta variant of covid um, specifically uh, against the unvaccinated, right? There are breakthrough cases for vaccinated people, but the bulk of the hospitalizations, something like over 90% are of unvaccinated or single-dose vaccinated people. Um, so a, a lot to get to, and it's all kind of, I think, playing into that sector rotation and that turn that you wrote about here in the past week. So let's start with the markets. Um, we had you a know, brief... that's sol- what happens, Gerardo, when you... When you shake your moon in public, you get the monkey virus. Don't <laughs> everybody there, do that. Are, are there exceptions to the rule? Nope. Is it a pretty monkey? Sorry. Sorry to interject. <laughs> Is it a pretty monkey? Always. <laughs> um, so look, back to the markets, right? We had this mini sell-off um, earlier in the week. And then just completely erased. Everything is awesome again, right? Um, The Fed came out. Everybody came out. We talked about this last week. All of the representatives and the speakers came out and said, don't worry, don't worry. It's going to be okay. And sure enough, the markets turned right back around and, you know, closed near highs again all the way across the board. The one big move that happened was in the 10-year Treasury, um, which, which, you know, rates uh, moved down. Gold stood firm, closing above 1800 can, can you talk a bit about the rotation? And I'm only comfortable talking about it now because you've it's been days since you wrote about it too. You're paying subscribers, but it was very well written. Your analysis, I thought, was spot on. And it echoed kind of what, what, what I was thinking and the way that I was looking about it. But can you talk a bit about that rotation and how you see it playing out here the next several weeks and months? I mean, it's a whole lot of components going on. We've talked a lot about indicators that we watch to see uh, when this bull market in stocks was going to end or what could turn it uh, on one side and on the other side, what could uh, allow gold to start uh, ascending or, um, you know, uh, enter uh, a new phase of its secular bull market, right? Because it's sort of had uh, interest rates have had a, thumb on the scale of gold really for almost a year now and so we've been looking at all these things at volatility and rates at the at the dollar and yeah rates had start started to break down and so you know we start to look at 
what's coming next. And, you know, for a while, for the first six months of the year um, or seven months, the past seven months, you know, things have led like financials and energy. And I've talked about that. I mean, you can see that at the pump oil is uh, went from negative in 2020 to, to 70 some dollars a barrel uh, in a hurry. And, and that's not only been reflected at the pump, but in uh, related energy equities uh, as a sector of the S&P. Uh, you can buy that in a fund called the XLE or individual um, oil and gas drillers or pick your flavor of, of energy. Even uranium has been uh, inflating uh, higher. And of course, financials have mm-hmm. done well uh, over the past six or seven months. And so um, we've been having these monthly sell-offs, which we've talked about, and we've always said it's not it yet, it's not it yet. Rates are still going uh, up. Volatility is, is still trending down. And then you had a relatively large sell-off uh, this week with volatility spiking higher than it did in the past two months, uh, coinciding with uh, rates breaking down. And so this gets people talking about a, a turning or a rotation of the uh, cycle. And then, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. stocks stocks go back to highs. Uh, but what's changing is that different things are leading now, right? So if you mm. pull up a table of the, the sectors that, that are doing well and look at the past week or past month versus the past six or seven months, and you'll see that other sectors are doing well now, like that are more defensive, like real estate and uh, utilities. And so that's one part of it getting a bit more defensive. Now, it's not like chicken little, right? It's not like the sky is falling because stocks went to new highs, but they're being led by different sectors uh, with a different sort of regime and uh, bond yields. And so that means the market is uh, not the same as it was or as it has been. The other part of that is uh, gold, because mm. uh, if rates are breaking down and that's what has kept gold down uh, or yeah, yeah, rates going up has kept golds down. Now that they're breaking down, gold can uh, go up and it's consolidating uh, very nicely here in the, whatever range you want to pick, high 1700s, low 1800s. But um, and so it's time as it's time to start rotating into real estate just to close it off there, which we did in that premium research that you, you were mentioning into things like real estate. It's also time to start uh, rotating back into uh, precious metals names. I think, in fact, I, I told you I was doing that last week on this podcast. I mentioned like Kinross, for example, and continue to look at names uh, in those realms across precious metals, across uh, real estate, and I was drilling down on like uh, the utility sector today, in fact, to see if there was anything attractive there. So that's sort of how it's shifting. I think that's what you're we're looking for. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, as we as we get on with Q3 and look forward to Q4, let's be absolutely clear to everybody that dabbles in the junior resource space, which is where you know the bulk of my capital outside of real estate tends to be concentrated in. It's clear that we're starting to see certain names in the gold and uranium space get rewarded. A lot of laggards still um, wrong on a lot of names thus far due to the consolidation and quiet periods. Names like Perpetua, right? Um, formerly Midas Gold have been hit with permitting delays and general apathy in the market. But you know, you have other names. Um, Eat those gold, for example, new 52-week high today, 39 cents, up some 22%. We, of course, record this on a Friday, but you know, this is a company that 
is drilling the Perk Rocky Copper Gold Project and just sampled something like over 500 grams per ton gold in Newfoundland. And so you take the combination of those two programs and the market actually rewarding ethos for advancing those programs forward. We haven't seen that in the junior resource space in months. You mentioned the consolidation lasting nearly a year. It's been nearly a year since I've seen, um, you know, consistent excitement over what's to come, not what is happening, right? And I think with Ethos in the gold space, that's pretty apparent. Um, Azarga, you know, they, they it had some great news. It had a great week. Uh, finally broke out of its recent range and, and touched the high of 38 cents today, another 52-week high on news that it's being included in the index composition for the Global X Uranium ETF, which of course is going to beget a lot of buying. And so I guess the point that I'm trying to make is I've been trying to preach for months on end, sounding like a broken record for people to make a list and, you know, whatever capital you have allocating to your speculative endeavors, it's the time to ease in. You want to buy when no one is looking. Uh, people are starting to pay attention. Uh, you could have bought, you know, Azarga a month ago, you know, in the 25 cent range. It, it hit a 38 cent high today. You could have bought Ethos recently, you know, in the 20 cent range. And, you know, here it is um, trading right near 40 cents. And so what I'm trying to tell everybody is, yes, it's the summer. Yes, there's a lot of pent up demand despite, you know, COVID and, and Delta and everything that's going on. And we'll get into that a bit. But it's also clear that the speculative capital is starting to rotate and we're starting to see little hints of it coming back to the junior resource space in the better names with companies that have active catalysts. I heard there's a bit of gold exploration activity occurring in Newfoundland. And uh, you, you might check <laughs> one of the leading companies there with the clever name Newfound Gold. And look at the leadership of that company and then look at the leadership of Ethos Gold. It's almost, Gerardo, too good. It's almost like they might know what they're doing. And it's almost like they might have a real land package with real work programs. Um, unlike many of the other names that have had significant runs here recently on the back of newfound gold, right? And so, you know, area plays are hot, nothing wrong with it. There's uh, several writers, not me, but several writers that have done a really good job of, of piggybacking off of newfound gold success and, and and they've made their subscribers money and, you know, props to them, kudos to them for, for, for doing it. But let's be absolutely clear. We are getting to that point um, in that part of the world where it's time to separate the quality plays from just the wannabes and ethos is a quality play that I think has a lot of room to run despite the new 52 week highs, right? Oh, it's yeah. It's, we talked about ethos a couple of weeks ago or maybe even months when I sold in a letter and how um, I was disgruntled with the finance. Things, how <laughs> it, it still had a, a really low, uh, market cap and and a large amount of projects that it was financed to do uh, work on uh, all of them. So yeah, no, it's got a real shot. 
Is inflation still transitory, Nick? And I, I don't want to get into the year-on-year rent thing because I'm writing about it for the letter next week and I want subscribers to read it first. I thought it was real interesting. I saw you tweet something as I was typing it in the letter for next week. And so I, 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 I won't comment on the year-on-year increase in rents and, 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 and the month-on-month and all of that. Uh, we've touched on it here a couple of weeks ago about the hollowing out of the renter, the, the the owner class, and you know for everyone but the rich and the wealthy. But is inflation still transitory? I mean, you, you know, <laughs> I don't think it ever was, right? And uh, you know, exactly, <laughs> you, you, you got to define transitory, and now they're trying to do that. And uh, these people who are saying it was transitory, I would caution you. Um, if they think they're right about this, did they tell you that this inflation was coming before it was coming and that it was going to be transitory or are they just making this up in real time as we go? Right. Because uh, there's some of us who um, saw this uh, coming clear as day uh, and gave clear examples of it uh, and continue to give clear examples of it, not just uh, cherry picking select things when it suits our narrative. Like, currently the lumber pointing to lumber going down right but uh going back uh over a year ago now to things like the price of crabs in maryland which is what i put on the list and i wanted to talk about telling my friends and writing about it in my paid letters that this was a harbinger of inflation that there's no way you can blame a crab count on the prices going up the way they were, especially when no one could go to a restaurant at that time to buy crabs. This is last year I'm talking about. And so um, here we are, flash forward an entire year, and um, we're still writing about crab prices going up. I mean, it's like deja vu all over again. How long is transitory, right? I mean, the, so the article today is again blaming the crab count, saying that uh, the price of lumbo uh, jump. Uh, jumbo lump crab meat in Maryland. Gone <laughs> I like from, Lumbo. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, from I like 20, Lumbo. From twenty-two dollars um, uh, at this time, which typically sells for eighteen to twenty-two dollars, going this year for sixty dollars a pound, right? Three times uh, as much, and so uh, and over a year later, the, the crab prices are still going up. And what I found interesting is you were talking about the pricing out of uh, renters and. Uh, the hollowing out of the the middle middle class. It says right here in the article that I was reading that you know people are just uh, foregoing crabs this season, right? They're getting priced out of the market, and that's exactly it, right? There's no private equity uh, down at Rock Hall buying crabs off the boat yet, but there might be soon. Uh, the way they're doing uh, neighborhoods and driving up rental prices, and so. Um, you know, if you, you look at, at, at rental prices specifically, they went up the fastest. Uh, they've gone up in uh, like 15 years since 2005. And so it's not transitory uh, in the least. And, and to cherry pick is, is dishonest and, and disingenuous. And so uh, I'll let you write about all that stuff. Um, but certainly, no, it's, it's not transitory. And you need to be owning those things that uh, are inflating because there's uh, a lot of them still. I'll share. I'll share a per- two personal stories. Um, the first, my 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 twelve year old, my twelve year old son who will be thirteen next month, has a passion for cooking, and I and he's also really entertaining. And I think you know, fast forward, you know, six seven years down the road, I think we'll probably have like 
a show somewhere, right? Where he's a chef and he's entertaining the hell out of everybody and, 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 and probably making a pretty good living the way that my 23 year old has, you know, a blossoming streaming career because he has a passion for it and the personality to do it. And, you know, is getting some sponsorships there that are early stage, but, 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 you know, perspective. So anyhow, my 12 year old has this passion for cooking. And so what we started doing uh, based on the recommendation of a friend is we started getting these, there's a company called HelloFresh. Are you familiar with HelloFresh? Mm-hmm. Excellent. And so, you know, you get a box of meals, it's a meal or two meals and you get the instructions and you get all the ingredients. And so the meal that came in this past week while my wife was out of town with our um, 18 year old who's going away to the university next month was a beef tenderloin peppercorn uh based meal right of course Ooh, the main a pavois a pavois exactly delicious right looked amazing i am a very simple human being who relies very much so on uh my wife being brilliant as chief family officer in our household she runs shit around here right and i just kind of fill in the blanks with certain things but she was gone so you know my 12 year old said don't worry about it i've cooked dinner many times for you guys i'll, I'll cook dinner i got it um, and so we start taking everything out and what do I do? I get the meat. I thought I was going to cook it. I forget. I leave it out for more than two hours. Of course, my wife immediately texts me and says, Hey, I'm looking at the cameras and I see that the, the, the meat is out. How long has it been out? I'm like, oh, two hours. It's fine. Right. I didn't grow up with any money. I grew up where you could just leave uh, stuff two out. Two days. It's fine. Absolutely. Smell it and see if it's good. And if it's not pungent, it's probably all right. She's like, no, 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 no. You can't do it. I don't want you guys getting sick while I'm gone. And I'm not there to take care of you guys. So I say, fine, I'll toss it. No big deal. The meal was $12 for the box, uh, $15 for the box. I said, let me just go to this store and I'll go ahead and pick up two um, little packets of the beef tenderloin, right? Just to, to, to replace the meat because everything else, everything else was fine. Everything else was dry goods. So I go and I grab the meat and I go to the to the checkout counter and it's sixty dollars. And I look and I'm 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 looking at four little you know round beef tenderloins. Sure enough, one was thirty five, one was twenty five, and um, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like. Am I like, what in the fucking, you know, you, my wife usually does the shopping, right? So I don't usually see the prices. I'm that guy. But I couldn't believe that a meal that HelloFresh provided for 15 bucks, the replacement for the meat was 60 bucks, 60 bucks. And so I got it cooked it. It was delicious. It was excellent. He did a phenomenal job. My son did of cooking it. Um, so yeah, inflation in a very real way. That's story number one. Story number two. And again, I realize these are all first world problems. Uh, so don't hate me out there, everybody. Don't at me on Twitter and tell me to screw myself with my vacation home and my grass. But I'm getting some landscaping done. Um, you still buy the meat before you get to the landscaping. There's people that are starting to cut meat out of their diets that only have meat certain so many days a week because of the, the cost that you're uh, citing there for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a very real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, absolutely. uh, yeah, uh, especially beef for sure. Um, and to get good beef is, is, is all the more expensive, which I'm sure you were, uh, buying. Right. And so, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about that last week and then yep. I was talking about the organic produce and that's like a further separation of the, of the wealthy from the non-wealthy, right? Like, 
uh, you know, prime beef versus select, right? Like grass-fed mm. versus not. Like it's a whole thing, right? And so, yeah, go on. Sorry. A- ab- absolutely. And you know how my brain works when you introduce something, Nick. So that 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 I'll come back to the the, the second example. But you know, talking about the quality of life and, and and the meat and the grass and all of that stuff. You know, there was a study that was published just this past week where, for the first time, and I don't know how long, uh, life expectancy in the U.S. dropped by something like five years or six years or something like that for the first time in a very, very, very long time. And again, this all goes back to how can, well, here we go. The pandemic shaved one and a half years off our life expectancy. Allegedly it's the pandemic, but you know, I, I, I can make a pretty good argument. It's also central bank policies and the way that this transitory air quotes inflation is affecting people and their ability to have a quality diet. I digress. Back to my second example. So I, I have my landscaper go out and I, 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 I'm talking with them and I said, well, I think I'm ready to get, you know, the grass that we were going to get put in. I was going to replace some, some, some grass in front of the house. And I had had an estimate before and he had said it'll be something like $5,000 to get it all. And I was like, I think I'm ready to do that. And um, he goes, well, you know, that was nine months ago. I said, okay, well, I'm sure there's, you know, some sort of a markup. What's it looking like now? And he goes, it's going to be $16,000 now. <laughs> and, and, and so this is less than a year, Nick. This is, he, he goes, and I'm giving you a discount. He goes, you know, I used to buy a pallet for like $150. Um, and now that same pallet is going for like 500 bucks. And so it's everywhere, right? Whether it's grass or beef or quality beef or crabs or homes, you name it, it's real. Um, they're only going to be able to rein so much of that in. And, you know, cherry on top, all the central bankers agree that they are willing to let it run hot before they do anything to try to rein it in. Because God forbid the market has a one-day sell-off like it did this past week, right? Can't have that. We got to make sure that uh, everybody's all right. We get it back to record closing. I mean, we talked about the the pool that I'm building that was supposed to be uh, started in mid-June, scratch that, mid-July, scratch that, the first week of August now. And when they sent the uh, first email about looming shortages, literally everything was uh, on the list from concrete and pavers to uh, yep. plant materials to, and of course, the chlorine is a, is a well-known one. So um, I still got a hole in the in the back of my yard. And uh, so there's different, you know, things hitting um the production and supply cycles that are contributing uh to inflation of course the the overarching thing is um a bunch of cheap money in the system right the the printing of of fiat currency and the sending out of stimulus checks but then inside of that which is easy to to blame and easy to mask and that's what these um you know i guess economists and, and intellectuals and things are are doing right when you when you tell them it's not transitory they're saying uh, it's not inflation it's supply chain it's a misconception and it's like no like i i piss with the wind you know what i mean like don't just you can't don't tell me that while i'm staring right at it and so i I guess another example and and then i'll move on is like i saw um I don't even know what it was, probably Bloomberg today, tweeting about coffee prices in uh, Brazil saying, you know, um, if you held uh, 
Brazilian coffee futures or physical coffee in warehouses, I think is what the article was. You, you did very well recently because there was a massive freeze in Brazil. Oh, how convenient, just like the fucking crabs, right? Uh, the freeze in Brazil is what did the, the drove the coffee prices up. And it's like, yeah, maybe on a on a local level, that's what uh, drove Brazilian coffee prices to outperform uh, the rest of coffee prices. But if you do look at the rest of coffee prices, which you conveniently didn't tweet about, they're mm. still at five plus year highs, which is not transitory and not frost in Brazil driven. Like, come mm. on, people. Anyway, and so... Um, you mentioned the deaths of despair. Well, you didn't mention it specifically, but you talked about the, the mm-hmm. falling uh, life expectancy rate, which has to do with partially the pandemic, but also an increase in deaths of despair, which all ties together, right? Like um, when you can't get a house to rent or to buy and you become homeless and you end up, you know, addicted or commit suicide or whatever it is, right? Like that's all part of the, uh, the bizarre world and part of the system and part of the uh, the cheap money policy and and the results of the the two party system that does nothing about it like it's all uh, tied together there right and so um, at least that's how I look at it when I look at the the market and the politics and the framework of everything and so yeah I mean it's 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 easy to see why for me absolutely and the last point there is it's not just the cheap money it would be one thing if there was cheap money for all. Right, it's the access to well, that. Well, then you go to crypto, which is yeah, right. Which is people want that. They see that mm. there's no way out, right? And I, we've talked about this a little bit, and it's that's why so many people gravitate to not just Bitcoin and Ethereum, but all these other altcoins or whatever because of the zeros that are in front of the the first digit after the decimal place. It's their shot to um, multiply their wealth because they don't. They don't see it happening any other way. They can't even buy fucking crabs in the summertime, right? So, um, yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about Farm Bank for one second. I don't know if it's on the list, but can I do it? Of course. So I told you about for years about Farmville and how people were putting real money in the, <laughs> in the thing and how I always laugh <laughs> and buying dumb digital cows and paying to water them, and so it's crazy. And so. This week I saw an article, but, you know, it's a distraction and I get all that. So this week I saw an article about this other app, not Farmville, but Farm Bank, where this guy swindled people out of hundreds of millions of dollars and made off with 80 million. Um, It was a Turkish based company and it was sort of like Farmville. It started off, you could buy digital chickens and uh, pay to feed them. But then it morphed into a quasi investment thing where it was operating in a gray area. And um, basically, uh, the marketing conveyed that you were investing in real farms uh, by participating in this app and you got returns um, <laughs> after you put money into the app. Right. And so um, they were telling people that they were buying into farms and getting returns on the produce and the way they made this. And the livestock and the way they made this rule seem real is they created a chain of grocery stores called Farm Bank that sold uh, sausage and uh, you know beeswax honey and uh, produce. And the perception was that all those goods were coming from the farms that the people were investing in. But of course, none of it was. It was all uh, just procured goods that 
um, weren't coming from any farms because there weren't many of them at all. There were only two that they used for filming <laughs> in the marketing materials. And so, um, it, They're probably it, selling me $60 tenderloins. It's crazy, right? But then uh, it's crazy if it weren't so tragic and it didn't point to, to how desperate people are. All these people in Turkey started investing in it. Uh, a couple, you know, hundred or thousand lira at a time, Turkish lira, which is not enough, a lot of money, right? You know, a couple of hundred bucks at a time. And so, um, of course, it started to implode when um, they couldn't maintain the payments uh, to the stores, the grocery stores that they had set up. And when people increasingly started to cash out and, and couldn't get all the, their money back that they had put into the app, including tragically some you know young people who were getting married who ended up taking their lives because of the money they lost, which is how this article that I read started out. And I just couldn't believe the sheer scale of it. We didn't hear about it because it was pretty hyper-localized to Turkey, but the, the, the sums are big, hundreds of millions of dollars. The, the CEO fled to South America, first to Uruguay and then to Brazil with 80 some million dollars, posting uh, videos of himself you know, with Lambos and Ferraris, <laughs> the whole shebang, man. And so, um, you know. I'm sure he didn't wear socks with his shoes. The things you can do with so much money in the system, the things you can do in the internet, the things you can do in, you know, people are so desperate to get a return on their capital when they think there's you know, a path to, to riches that way. And I guess just a word of caution, but also speaks to really what we were just talking about there and, and why I think and why we've talked about people are so uh, fast to invest in, in in cryptos, right? As a way to appreciate their money faster because whether they can uh, articulate it or not, um, you know, it's the purchasing power is, is disappearing fast and they know that their uh, nest egg is... is uh, not going to outlive them. The opportunity and the options for upward mobility on a global scale are less and less every year. And again, it is being led by central banks and their policies. And again, it's amazing to me the things that we fight and shoot and riot and protest over and the things as a society that we just accept, not encouraging fighting or shooting or looting or rioting or any of those things. However, um, as you pointed out in your tweet, you know, all the corners are still available for people that can no longer afford rent. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's not even get into the fact that we're neglecting mental health and the millions of other things that... Um, we should be addressing uh, by providing upward mobility for people and a basic safety net. That's that's done. That's that's a thing of the past. We're not we're not there. Despite multi trillion dollar spending packages by both sides of the aisle, um, and and meanwhile you have Mr. Bezos, um, not an astronaut by the way, and we'll get into that. I'm going to read you the first two paragraphs um, of my favorite article of the week that I read, but. Yeah, Mr. Bezos bored and just deciding, you know what? I am going to space. Kind of, sort of, wink, wink. Also, when I come back. With a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read this, these two programs. You're going to love them. Um, also, when I get back, I'm going to remind all of you peasants that I did this with your money. <laughs> FYI. Just think about my fucking pocket. This is, this is shareholder money, baby. Um, and, and taxpayer money because it was partially funded 
um, you know, by, by, by government. And so, you know, the combination of I'm bored, I'm going to do this is one thing, but also I'm going to pay for it with other people. And also I'm going to tell you about it right when I get back. He said, thank you to all the shareholders and everybody that helped pay for this, because at the end of the day, you paid for all this. You made this happen. Everybody that has purchased Amazon products and that works at Amazon and shareholders and all the like. So I thought that was interesting. Did you see, and I'm going to butcher the name of the site because I butcher a lot of names, but did you see or read the article on, I think it's gizmodo.com? I'm not sure I did. I would love to hear these paragraphs. Though. The, the, these are great. So I always get on CNN for having the most horrible fucking headlines in first two paragraphs. This is the opposite of that. Like, it's very important to highlight the good, not just the bad. This is just beautiful writing, Nick. And you are a writing, thinking connoisseur of the language, right? You're going to love this. Here we go. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is a lot of things, a, ta a tax dodging megalomaniac, <laughs> a Dr. Evil lookalike, a weirdly horny cowboy hat enthusiast. The one thing he isn't, at least as far as the FAA is concerned, is an astronaut. That's according to a new set of guidelines that the federal agency issued on July the 20th. The same day, Amazon's ex-CEO briefly flew a dick-shaped space shuttle into the edge of space. Specifically, the updates concern the FAA's Commercial Space Astronaut Wings Program and the criteria used to award those commanding, piloting, or working on privately funded spacecraft with the coveted astronaut Wings Badge. And Bezos, as it turns out, just doesn't make the cut. Um, I'll put a link to it. It was a hilarious article. It was actually pretty fact-based as well as hilarious, but I thought that was a great piece of writing. Um by Weird, Shoshana Wodinski. Uh, weirdly horny is really <laughs> the, the ship was certainly extra phallic. And, um, I, you know, everybody's got their... Was their, it extra though? <laughs> it was extra phallic. Lots of memes. <laughs> you know, um, the peasants paid for it. What did he donate when he got back? He was just like dishing out hundred millions of dollars to to, to 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 two guys. He gave like two hundred million when he got back. So um, I don't want to demonize a billionaire too too much for doing what he wants with his money, but certainly an uh, ego trip, uh, absolutely. And for the who, what agency changed the rules? I I, I did see that. Who was that? Uh, the FAA. The FAA put a thumb in those eyes, so he's not an astronaut. <laughs> You're not a fucking astronaut. <laughs> Dr. Evil lookalike. <laughs> oh, God. That but it does speak to, sorry, one more thing. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go um, ahead. You know, we just talked about some guy in Turkey that we never heard of who made 80-some million dollars and was driving around in Lambos and whatever. You know, that's like old hat, right? I mean, Lambos and 80 million is nothing, right, when there's so much... Uh, money in the system right and so um, I guess just point out something I've said before is like these ego trips are far past uh, millions and even hundreds of millions I mean we've got uh, companies with you know trillion two trillion dollar market caps and um, multi-billionaires going to space right and so uh, pushing it further and further lots and lots more money and um 
really that's what's behind uh, much of this. Much of that, indeed. I, I can go forever on this, so I'll, I'll leave that alone. I want to talk about this Delta variant and COVID-19 cases. And, you know, here in Austin, Texas, we've been pretty much open, open since February. And it wasn't until these last several weeks that we've really seen a resurgence in hospitalizations, which is always the thing that I look for. Um and, 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 you know, frankly, I, I, I have two friends who, um, you know, unfortunately have a father on a ventilator. This is, uh, two friends that have a family, um, they, they cho- chose not to get vaccinated. It wasn't something that they wanted to do. And obviously it's completely their choice not to do so. But, you know, the family also didn't get vaccinated. And now, um, the brother-in-law of, of 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 one of our friends uh, got sick, caught COVID, um, went to the father, went to you know the rest of the family, and so now there's a brother in law in the hospital. There's a father on a ventilator, and the rest of the family, with the exception so far of of our two friends, um, are 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 sick and I'm seeing more and more of this. And again, here in Austin, I was, um, I, I, I was really complimentary of governor Abbott and continue to be complimentary of governor Abbott on his stance to allow, you know, businesses to get back to be in businesses and let people make the decisions about whether or not to wear a mask or not. Um, and, and, you know, obviously let people make the decision about whether to get vaccinated or not, but I can't ignore numbers like, you know, over 90% of, unvaccinated people account for the hospitalizations right now, right? Or single jab, not fully vaccinated people. Um, that's just math and that's just science. And, and, and you know, this isn't a, a, an endorsement for you to get vaccinated or not. It's just important for people to be aware that this Delta variant um, is a whole lot more contagious than the first round that we got and the second round that we got. And, and, and people should do their research and make up their own mind, but public service announcement, just go, go, go call your doctor and just have a nice transparent conversation. I actually saw a clip of Sean Hannity from Fox news of all people saying, Hey, look enough with the sensational bullshit. This thing is real. I have friends. I have people that, you know, are getting sick. Like just get your damn vaccine. Again, I'm not endorsing or not endorsing that I got vaccinated. I know people that refuse to all good either way. But this thing isn't 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 going away anytime soon. And we talked last week or the week before about whether or not, you know, it, this would be a permanent part of of society. And of course, it's just a virus. So you know, history tells us that they're going to come and they're going to go and they're going to come and they're going to go. And um, are we headed for another lockdown here in the U.S., Nick? Oh, goodness, uh, Gerardo! All the seeds have been sown for it. Uh, yeah. Of course, I don't think people are going to go for it. I think. You know, we've seen how this virus affects people. We know who's uh, at risk and there's uh, a widely available uh, vaccine. And and funny enough, the people, uh, at least as I see it, who are most against getting vaccinated are also the people who are most against the lockdown. So um, I I honestly don't think the populace stands for, for another lockdown. You know, like I just said, we know the science and we have the. A vaccine. So, um, 
you know, I'm even not going for masks at this point. I mean, I'm vaccinated. You know, I understand this Delta variant, but it's not more uh, deadly or lethal. It's just uh, more contagious. So get the vaccine. Like you said, um, you know, I've got a father who's got the vaccine and I've got a mother who's being stubborn. And I was sending her an email just like two days ago saying, go get your damn vaccine. You, you stubborn. <laughs> and she, she responds, you know, she shrugs it off. You know, I'll talk to you this weekend. I love you or whatever. And it's like, you know, I don't understand why I don't go get your vaccine. But anyway, um, the deaths, like you mentioned, are clearly among those who have been uh, unvaccinated. What I just Googled, the Texas Tribune says uh, 9,000 COVID deaths in te- Texas since February. All but 43 were unvaccinated. And so... Um, just math, know, right? The, that's, right. Not, that's not a partisan point. I, I don't exactly. like either party. Like, this is just math and science, folks. And so... Yeah. And then you look at places like uh, Australia uh, who haven't had access to the vaccine. And I know we have listeners there and, and the pain that they're going through as they do go back into uh, lockdowns, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the getting the vaccine is appropriate for most people. And we can see how this is going to linger into the fall. I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday morning I was reading that, you know, we're going to have kids, I think, getting ready to wear masks in in, in schools this fall. And so uh, it's continuing on for sure. And then uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him, you know, Precise Gerardo, who has. Ah, you beat me uh, to it. Uh, 200% not, in a day, motherfuckers. Uh, it's pretty good. It's obviously <laughs> sold off. But, uh, you know, I said closing at seven one day and, and running to 20 some dollars the next day is... Um, it's good work if you can get it. It obviously shows the the power of that stock. The interest still in uh, COVID treatments. Um, it shows all sorts of stuff. Um, it shows how much money you can make if you get in at uh, under three dollars, for example. And um, who did and, that, Mister Hodge? I mean, yeah, we did that, and ah. uh, we made lots of money. We're still uh, up significantly and, and hold uh, a large portion of our positions. So. Which letter was that in? Um, but more importantly, well, we financed it in, in in what is now Hodge Family Office, and then it's been a recommendation of uh, Family Office Advantage for several years now. And it wasn't a COVID thing. I mean, uh, they truly have uh, a novel way of generating humanized antibodies for all sorts of um, inflictions, I guess, let's call them. And so, you know, they're working on things for cancer and and other stuff, but it just so happened we had this pandemic. And so they quickly pivoted and put the resources to work generating antibodies for uh, SARS and SARS-CoV-2 and and were fast successful in that. And they're approaching, um, you know, human trials for IND, investigational new drug. And so They've shown, we already knew that it could do the variants. I mean, it wasn't really news to people who have been paying attention, but, you know, they did the science on Delta specifically. They've already said that it could uh, do alpha, beta, and gamma. Uh, and so it was implied that it could treat, it can, it's a vaccine and a, and a therapy. So it, it prevents and cures uh, the original virus and the variants. And so uh, they did the science uh, and showed that it could uh, have the same uh, neutral neutralization properties against Delta. Put out that press release yesterday, and like you say, the stock went up two hundred percent in a in a single day. It's since sold off, but 
Uh, cures are on the way. I mean, it seems like this is taking forever, but um, uh, they're getting ready to do human trials, as I say. And so uh, science is going to win this at the end of the day. I don't think uh, Delta is anything to hinge your net worth or trading uh, strategy on. Well, you, 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 you recommended it in both letters and, you know, in the words of one Keith McCullough and one Stormy Daniels, you could have made a lot of money going both ways, folks. That's it. Buying it private, buying it public. I mean, that's it. Love it. Are you worried about this monkey virus? Did you read about that? You're I fucking haven't. No. I want you herpes to tell me about it. There's herpes carrying monkeys that we brought here to Florida <laughs> that um, are now carrying some percentage of the herpes B virus. And a obviously 50, it's in Florida. Obviously, of course it's in Florida. And a 53 year old veterinary surgeon in Beijing just died after contracting the monkey B virus, according to the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, this is the first documented human case in China. Sounds familiar. Worked in an experimental research institute specializing in non-human non-human primate breeding. So let me say that again. Experimental research institute specializing in non-human primate breeding. He dissected two monkeys in March, dead monkeys, then experienced nausea, vomiting, fever, and neurological symptoms. One month later, um, the patient visited several hospitals, died on May 27th. Condolences to his family, obviously. Health officials from the CCDC took cerebrospinal fluid from the patient in April and found evidence of the monkey B virus. Uh, uh, I, I don't like the sounds of this, Nick. I mean, I have a hard time believing that they're going to contain it to just one. Um, well, right. Is it human to human or is it just, yeah, monkey to human? Correct. And again, you know, I, 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 I hope that we don't get the answer to that because it just goes away and it's limited, right? And, 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 but... Oh God! I, things like this always, always just kind of raise a red flag for me, and 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 frankly scare the shit out of me a little bit, just because of their unpredictability. Since so fifty people have had it since nineteen thirty-two, and twenty-one of them have died. That's a pretty high mortality rate, yeah. Pretty high mortality rate. So something to keep, something else to keep an eye on, right? Um, have you caught any of the Olympics? I have not. I, I I put it on the list because there was a report last week that. The Olympic Committee. <laughs> all sorts of shit. All sorts of shit is right. But, you know, they they, they were worried about um, the participants in the Olympics hooking up and, God forbid, having sex with each other. Those Imagine that. News. Those fake news, right? <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> you ruined it, Nick. You want to give the context on it? No, 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 no. It's okay. It's all right. You want to give well, the context on it, the fake it, news? It was it's hilarious. A, it's a perpetual thing with yes. the Olympics that the that the athletes be <laughs> fucking, and so um, we always talk about how many condoms they go through and how much sex there is in the Olympic Village. And so there was a story last week that was going around about the <laughs> the beds in the in the athletes' dorms were made of cardboard to prevent um, <laughs> the ripping and the tearing, as it were. Uh, the shaking of the moons and um, 
It was fake news, you know. I mean, somebody just, they are made of cardboard, yes, but they um, <laughs> they can withstand uh, the pressures of fornication, let's say, because there was a video going around of an athlete saying, you know, it's totally fake news. And then he was jumping up and down on the bed showing um, its rigidity. <laughs> and so... The um, pressures of fornication. I love this guy. <laughs> and so... Um, that was fake news. But what's not fake news is that the athletes are contracting uh, uh, COVID, that there is no um, stand uh, fans in the stands, that the um, uh, opening ceremonies would have been this past weekend. And so you asked if I watched any. Um, Japan's obviously um, uh, a day ahead of us, pretty much. And so uh, ceremonies are underway, but I haven't had a chance to catch it yet. I will do so. This weekend, I'm typically uh, uh, a fan of watching the events, though I know the uh, event itself is typically an economic drag on the uh, host city. But uh, this this one is a weird one, uh, to be sure. It's already been postponed, and um, I'm sure the athletes are fucking no matter what. So anyway, what, what, what do you else you want to talk about at the Olympics? No, I, I just wanted to get to, to, to the fake news aspect of, of, of the story and, you know, how, how things are put out there just for headlines, right? Just for headlines and the importance of being able to dissect that um, and, 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 and catch it right away and just know that uh, <laughs> this is absolute just fucking bullshit. <laughs> and there is a lot of it going on out there. And so it is a bizarro world. Did you hear about the Texas Senate, which has been in the news lately because the Democrats, uh, you know, bailed and flew to D.C. and refused to vote um, on a voter suppression bill, hoping to kill it? Um, did you read the, the, the most recent one uh, where the Texas Senate passed a bill that removed the requirement to teach that the KKK was morally wrong, among other things? No, I did not. And I guess that's part of race theory. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But yes, I did see that they went to Washington. I saw that some people had been arrested for 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 protesting. I don't know if those were Texas politicians or not. I did not see the KKK thing specifically. But you guys have a bunch of stuff going on in, in Texas with the voting rights and the abortion and the, and the gun laws. So you live there. I'll let you give the, give the context. No, look, there is a lot going on. Um, <laughs> the agenda item was included in some two dozen curriculum requirements that were dropped. So there were curriculum requirements that previously, prior to the signing of this bill, required uh, P, uh, the, the, the teachers to teach about the accomplishments of United Farm Workers lead, leader and a hero of mine, Cesar Chavez. Um, Susan B. Anthony's writings about, you know, the, the women's suffragist movement, um, Native American history. Um, it, 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 it talked about the history of white supremacy. That was in the curriculum before. It talked about the Ku Klux Klan being, you know, morally wrong because, you know, lynching, um, among other things. And so <laughs> State Senator Brian Hughes told Bloomberg Law that, you know, like voter suppression isn't voter suppression for 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 some people in that party. He said, what we're doing with this bill is we're just saying that specific reading list doesn't belong in statute. And so it also states that a teacher may not be compelled. This is the specific language. A teacher may not be compelled to discuss a particular current event 
or widely debated and currently controversial issue of public policy or social affairs. And so this is in part why the Democrats bailed to D.C., which, again, I also don't agree with. Um, you, you know, it's kind of like capitalism. I'm a free market capitalist. Let let stuff go up on its own. Let it crash on its own. Let 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 the market decide. I don't I don't like, you know, central banks deciding which assets go up and which assets go down. Well, I also don't like government telling me um, what can and can't be talked about in the classroom if what's being talked about is factual and, and historically accurate. Um, <laughs> Governor Abbott just announced that he was putting a commission together to figure out what really happened at the Alamo. <laughs> this is the shit we're wasting our time in in Texas, Nick. Well, remember the Alamo. <laughs> Unless you were there. <laughs> Oh God, I, I I could continue on. I I I once again this Nassar and the FBI story is gonna have to wait another week because I hate ending, ending you know uh, a, a podcast on that note. And it's a nasty sick story that's not going away anytime soon. Um, anything you're watching for in the markets this week, Nick? Let me tell you about the Senate views first, so I can get myself further censored, and then uh, we can talk about the markets in, in the coming week. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I did an article where I specifically mentioned uh, or a, a video where I specifically mentioned two economists. And then I, I talked about one on a podcast here last week, Austin Goolsby, who is a professor at the University of uh, Chicago and runs in uh, Washington circles. And uh, this story uh, or this segment comes from the uh, conspiracy minded person that lives inside of me. So um, that article where I was going off about how that guy was said he was on team transitory and was citing only lumber prices. And I was responding to him about why he was wrong. Uh, <laughs> and I tagged him in the, in the, in the, in the tweet. Well, one of the first couple of views on the video comes from the U S Senate and I have, I, have, I, have, I have the analytics to show it. Hi, fuckers. So, so I was like, well, okay, um, that's interesting. And then like the video got no more views after that. Like it was stuck at like four or five views and has been stuck at that same view count ever since it was viewed by the, <laughs> the U.S. Senate. And subsequent videos have had uh, low views as well. And so... Um, <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to mention it here for the public record that we're getting views from on the inflation, non-transitory stuff from the U.S. Senate. And of course, I don't think it's a senator watching it. You know, there's all kind of people that are hooked up to the Internet in the U.S. Senate. But nonetheless, um, somebody there is watching, Gerard. Um, Can we put a link to the tweet, like with the podcast, just to see if uh, the views go up? What do you mean? Put a link where? Uh, just on the podcast. Like, go to, go, 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 here's the video. Like, go, go, go see it. I just want to see if the count goes up or if they're suppressing it. Clearly, yeah. they're suppressing it. It's interesting, right? Very, very, very interesting. That's it. What am I looking for in the market? Um, <laughs> ooh, I, I think you got to see if this rotation uh, can, continues uh, uh, underway. I mean, um, you know, Mr. Dines was out talking about a, a dead cat uh, a bounce, which would 
uh, speak to why we went back to new highs this week. Uh, I was saying it's a, it's a rotation, and I think we're uh, you know we're transitioning is what I think it is, and so um, we're watching to see which sectors are uh, leading. I would say, and uh, like I said, continuing to position a bit more uh, defensively. Um, like I said, in gold and real estate and utilities and uh, taking a bit of uh, profit specifically in uh, the small cap space. You know, I was talking about Eastside here around Christmas time. I think it was at a dollar. That's like a four dollar and 75 cent stock. We took profits on that uh, last week in uh, the weekly letter. And it seems like it's on a, a phallic rocket ship higher, too. So, um uh, you know, that's what I'm that's what I'm watching, taking a bit of profits and, and rotating a bit. I like it. I like it. I'll be I'll be watching this um, uranium rebound. We talked about the sell off last week. That was an opportunity that did not last. Um, we failed to talk uh, cryptos and, and whether, you know, the current bounce was an opportunity. You had mentioned that you were hoping. I to bought see. it. Did you? All right. That so answers my question. I, I, I know you mentioned it right at the beginning. So yep. yeah, last time we talked about it, I said no because the chart looked like it could go even lower to twenty four, twenty five thousand, but that didn't materialize. It sort of seems like it wants to level out there at, at twenty nine or thirty, and, and then go higher from there. And so yeah, I bought a bit more when it was below thirty thousand the other night, and uh, you know, not a large, meaningful amount of, of capital, but that's sort of my new level, like below 29.5 or something is, is I think a good place to be accumulating Bitcoin. I don't know if that I helps anybody. I like it. I like it. Um, a, a lot to watch this week. Um, last note, I read an article earlier this morning about how unbearable some people have become at restaurants um to 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 waiters and waitresses and cooks and line cooks and everything that comes with making and preparing a meal for people um and then this waitress said you know people who were already nice prior to the pandemic are super nice and people who were already a little bit difficult to deal with pre-pandemic are now completely just unhinged and unbearable to even serve Folks, if you are out in public and you are asking of a service and paying for that service, yes, there is an expectation of quality and, um, you know, gentleness and positivity, not just an expectation on the server or the establishment, but also on yourself. Be nice, folks. It's not hard for most people um it's something i'm sure we can all work on it doesn't take much that's all i got man be kind to each other out there everybody it'll make for a better world it's a crazy crazy bizarre world out there there's a lot of stuff going on and i think the least that we could do is try to be a little kinder to each other regardless of our thoughts and beliefs and political affiliations or lack thereof faith in god lack thereof etc etc what do you think nick everyone's short-staffed everyone is trying to hire i see signs everywhere it's not anecdotal and so um there's also an onus that goes on you to um obviously be kind but also to uh, and not just as it relates to food but as it relates to pools and landscaping and all your life endeavors to uh, order earlier and be more thorough and 
uh, take responsibility, of course, for yourself. That's it. That's it. That's all we got this week, folks. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge, who's being suppressed by United States government. This was episode 127 of Bizarro World. Have a great week, everybody. See ya.